Hello and welcome to Money Life. This is Sucheta Dilal. This week, I'm going to talk about Paytm. I'm sure some of you say, well, it happened on 31st Jan. Why are we talking about it on 22nd Feb? Because on 26th February, fintech leaders are supposed to meet Finance Minister Nirmala Sitaraman, and they want reassurance about RBI handling them with what you call kid gloves or velvet touch. They have complaints about the way RBI handled Paytm and the finance minister has given them an appointment. Now, it will be disappointing if the finance minister succumbs to pressure from powerful fintech leaders in an election year. Their view is quite different from us because our perspective at Money Life, Money Life Foundation, is absolutely pro-consumer. And from the consumer point of view, yeah, sure, the Reserve Bank of India could have handled things a little differently, but we are all for stringent action. Now, there's no doubt that we as consumers have reaped lots of rewards because of fintech innovations. We're all pro-technology, we use fintech, We've benefited from it. However, it's a matter of concern that the industry is using its financial muscle and its clout to oppose regulatory action, as can be seen in the Paytm Payments Bank Private Limited case. Yeah, Paytm Payment Bank Private Limited is a small bank. It's a small payment bank. It's a subsidiary of what most of us know as Paytm. Now, what most of us know as Paytm is a company called 197 Communications. This is a listed entity. Most people have been trading on it. But shorthand, we call that Paytm. The subsidiary, I'm going to call Paytm Bank throughout this video blog. The question that we're was RBI's intervention hasty? Was it disproportionate? And do we have sufficient information about companies whose actions are affecting millions of investors and consumers? Because in this case, there are several million consumers who are using the Paytm wallet, which, if you know, became extremely popular during demonetization. Now, the RBI action is against Paytm Bank, the subsidiary. And you have to look at it in the context of whether we as Indians, consumers, investors want timely regulatory action or not. In 2018, which is just five years ago, just before another general election, the massive conglomerate infrastructure leasing and financial services, which had 347 entities, including a couple of step-down listed subsidiaries, went bust. The RBI uh, has been looking at it from 2015, was lenient, the government sacked the board. Now there's a resolution process that's going on with the government appointed board for five years. This was the first time ever that the Serious Frauds Investigation Office filed an 800-page charge sheet where it directly accused the RBI of failing to impose penalties and initiative, initiate corrective action despite detecting repeated non-compliance with exposure norms and other wrongdoing. That had been going on from 2015. There were whistleblower letters. RBI did nothing until the collapse. This was what called a shadow bank. It had a systemic impact. It sent shockwaves through the country. Question is, do we want RBI to be lax and see a repeat of this? Now, you can argue that Paytm is not as big as ILFS was, 
But Paytm is big. It affects a lot of consumers with smaller amounts of money. But in terms of numbers, it's huge. What is the complaint here? That Paytm Bank, the subsidiary, had repeatedly ignored RPI warnings. In fact, at one time, the entire board of Paytm Bank was called and told about wrongdoing, ignoring KYC norms, lack of compliance, but nothing happened leading to the crackdown. Now, Paytm Bank, like I said before, is relatively small. It's a payment bank and 51% to 53% is owned by the founder, Vijay Shekhar Sharma. He's the founder of Paytm Bank as well as Paytm. You've seen him all over social media. He set up the company 197 Communications, which has a wallet business, which is much larger and significant, which all of us know as Paytm. Now, RBI surely did not take into account that action on what it saw as a small bank would have a huge impact on the parent company, not only on consumers, not only on 50 million merchants associated with it, but also investors of this company. And it apparently issued a cryptic press release to avoid panic, but ended up unleashing exactly the same panic that it wanted to avoid. RBI's contention is that it was safeguarding depositor interest by being circumspect because providing too much information may have led to a run on the bank. Now, one has to disagree, Paytm Bank is a very small bank and even if everybody withdrew, it's covered by insurance. There is a cap of 2 lakhs on deposit acceptance itself and insurance guarantee is 5 lakhs. So that problem could have been contained. In fact, the problem in the capital market was significantly bigger. In fact, Andy Mukherjee of Bloomberg has correctly written that RBI failed to pay attention to the impact on the parent, on BTM's customers and merchants, causing, like I said, the very panic that it wanted to avoid. Actually, RBI got the feedback on 16th February. It issued a clarification, some relaxation and allowed continuity by allowing Paytm's nodal account to be shifted to Access Bank. Now, investors of 197 were badly impacted. They reacted like all investors do by immediately voting with their feet. They dumped the stock, which plummeted from 761 on 31st Jan to 325 on 15th February. After RBS uh, clarification on 16th Feb, it has rebounded a bit to 395 as of yesterday. Now, let's not forget that PTM has always been controversial. So investors are very ready to dump at the first sign of trouble. This is a company that listed in the first place at a 9.3% discount to its issue price. And that was a high 1950 so it's been a downward journey for uh, Paytm ever since its listing because 761 before the problem and 325 after. The lesson here is the regulators need to collaborate in assessing the potential impact of stringent regulatory action on a closely regulated financial entity as well as any connected listed companies. As we know, the Securities and Exchange Board of India has comprehensive disclosure norms which cover their listed companies. So if RBI uh, directives had been sent to 197 communication, it would have had to be informed to the stock exchanges. But because it was a subsidiary, 
no investor of Paytm or 197 was even aware that they were flouting rules, that RBI was repeatedly warning them. Nothing was known until the bombshell one fine day on 31st Jan. Now, the subsidiary company, mind you, not only is it majority owned by Vijay Shekhar Sharma, not a single annual report is available in the public domain. So we have no idea whether these warnings were conveyed to the board of directors, what was the discussion, when was it at the board meeting, all this would have been known if it were a listed company. So, surprise. Now, lesson here is the RBI should have collaborated with SEBI, informed them, and looked at the possible implication instead of worrying only about the tiny number of depositors and thinking it's not such a big issue. Now, there's another aspect. Paytm Bank is part of payment banks that were introduced in 2014-15. They are largely irrelevant. And after UPI was launched in 2016, they become even more irrelevant. So RBI has not mandated that this bank should be listed in a certain number of years. So it gets away with not listing is one thing, but not even putting its annual report in the public domain, that SEBI also misses this fact, is a huge gap that has come up in this case. Now that the regulators have seen it, I think both sides agree that there is a gap and hopefully it will be fixed by asking that subsidiaries will reveal their annual reports, at least upload them on their website. Remember, it's not asking too much. Fintech companies may say anything, but even not-for-profit organizations are subject to a sharp increase in disclosure, compliances, restriction on use of funds. So why shouldn't fintech companies which are regulated and which deal with so many consumers and investors not be subject to very, very stringent regulation. Fintechs may argue that they operate in an environment of what is called regulatory dialectics. What is regulatory dialectics? It's a term coined by Professor Edward Kane, which says that companies will find innovative ways to circumvent regulation designed to restrict their behavior. Sometimes this is for public good, so regulators may legitimize their action, but many times it could be completely wrong and they could be shut down. It's a risk that they take with their eyes open. Now, the fintech world can't demand light touch regulation as an entitlement, nor can they brazenly ignore warnings after they have been found out. So as they prepare to meet the FM on the 26th, there is another case which weakens their stance, which is, RBI action against another unnamed entity which has gone largely unnoticed. Here's a circular that we are showing you. We don't know the name, but here's what it was doing. This entity had positioned itself as a payment system operator. This is a business that requires RBI registration and clearance. It didn't bother with either. It said businesses can make payments by credit cards to an unregulated entity and that entity will distribute this money to third-party beneficiaries. And in doing so, it bypassed all the stringent KYC requirements that are mandated on credit cards as well as any intermediary. In any case, credit cards are largely supposed to facilitate personal businesses or small entities. It's not supposed to be used for business transactions. And traceability is important today where everything is online. The income tax department wants every payment that we made to be traceable. And here is this entity without KYC was operating 
in a regulated space without permissions. So RBI shut it down. Now, we understand that RBI may not have issued a press release. It issued a directive to it. The press release was issued because taking advantage of the Paytm situation, it was spreading disinformation. This comes from very reliable sources of the central bank. It's also not the first time that RBI has shut down fintechs that operated outside its regulatory framework. In 2022, it clamped down on issuers of prepaid instruments that failed to meet compliance requirements. So heavy-handed regulation and financial health from our perspective is good for customers, especially in India, where grievance redress is poor, slow, and expensive. I would say often non-existent. For instance, Heavy-handed regulation is what the industry called it when RBI said you need to have two-factor authentication for credit card transactions. There was a hue and cry. Lots of techies also joined tech companies in flooding social media saying it causes delays, it's unfair, but honestly, it has contained a huge amount of credit card fraud. It is required given the nature of consumers that we have in India. In contrast, we have been treated as guinea pigs by the government for all the tech experiments where they have mandatory statutory filing, whether it's Aadhaar, whether it's goods and services tax, MCA 21. We are forced to upload. The systems are glitchy. Enormous amounts of time and frustration and mental damage is done in dealing with them. And we're helpless because the government is the customer. Do we want a repeat of that in the private sector with light regulation for these companies or do we want them to be accountable? We do not certainly want a similar situation where fintechs say we are so clever, we're going to exploit gray areas, we are doing it all for your benefit, we scale up rapidly and sometimes we collapse. And if we are going to be hauled up, treat us very gently, give us a long time to fold up. Why? Because we have raised public money we have raised millions of dollars from foreign investors. So give us time or allow us to legitimize things. I don't think that is fair. That doesn't work for anyone. If you don't have KYC in place, your hard-earned taxpayer money is blocked. Why should it be any different for someone who is in business, whom you have to deal with, and you're at risk? So yes, RBI could have handled Paytm a little differently, Paytm Bank a little differently. but it would be against public interest or the FM to entertain fintech demand that they should be treated with velvet gloves and strict compliance requirements should be waived or they should be given a long rope. If you agree, do share this video. Thank you so much.